Do you think about making dynasty trades even while watching football games? Are you thinking of player values when you should be thinking of family values? Then you may have a trading problem. Don't worry, you're not alone. I am Dynasty Outhouse and I have a trading problem. And I'm Brian Haar and I also have a trading problem. Join us for the Trade Addicts podcast where you can be with like-minded people and talk about everything in the NFL in the context of dynasty trade values. News and notes, make amends, keep trade buys, all these things we will cover every week. And don't forget Trade Addicts trades. So when you're done listening to this fine DLF family podcast, please tune into the Trade Addicts podcast. Thank you and enjoy your podcast. You're listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off-season. Welcome to yet another edition of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I'm Dan. With me, as always, Ryan and Matt. Fellas, it's draft week. Exciting time. Ryan, let's bring you in first. I'm not going to ask for, like, the regular... Give me, Give me a... Give me some crazy thing that's going to make a prediction, you know, but you got to be looking forward to the draft as much as the rest of us. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I, I don't know. I'm I'm terrible with predictions on stuff like that anyway. I feel like in a in a typical year and I, I think we can just throw it out the window this year. Like nobody knows anything. I don't think the teams have a good idea of, of what each other are going to do. Maybe not even what they're going to do themselves. And uh, and therefore, analysts, draftniks, reporters, anybody that, that normally might have a good feel after being around, uh, around the team or around um, these prospects for the past few months, we know that hasn't happened. So I, I think chaos is going to be the word of the, uh, of the NFL draft this year, and I'm going to love it. Yeah, I'm going to love it too. It's exactly, you know, I'm probably looking forward to this draft, like most of our listeners, and I'm sure you guys too, probably looking forward to this draft more than any other in recent memory, not only because of everything with the quarantine and and all the things going on in the world keeping us from sports, but also because of the the question marks and and the the unknowns like you were talking about there Ryan Matt you got to be thinking the same thing this draft is going to be a lot of fun yeah i'm extremely excited about it. you didn't ask me for a bold prediction but i'm going to give you one anyway i think we're going to have another situation was it like 2011 when the ravens missed a pick and like like earlier in the 2000s when i think the, uh, minnesota missed a pick i don't know if they're going to give them extra time because of technical difficulties or whatever but i feel like somebody's going to miss a pick due to technical difficulties or just not understanding how to get their pick in or something like that yeah we we're not even really touching on on the unknowns of how the how the draft is going to unfold and how things are going to how things are going to play out from a from a pick by pick perspective but i think there's the the chance for a lot of those different things you know there could be there could be you know they're they're gonna be in their houses background noise people excited the possibility of swearing and and weird things happening on camera those those things just don't happen regularly during a draft and and it all we have the potential for those things to happen. So it's it's an exciting time. We're all going to enjoy this 3-day event, of course, but leading up to that, let's let's continue with our theme from a week ago. So so we were we were staying away from some players 
Last week, we went through the first 10 rounds of DLF ADP in April and chose some players that we're trying to to distance ourselves from. Uh, this week, we're going to do the opposite. We're going to, we're going to, Matt, tip of the cap to you. You came up with the term quarantining. We're going to, we're going to pick out some players based on the same, uh, setup from last week, players that we're trying to team up with, guys that we want on our rosters. Based on that April ADP, we'll go round by round just as we have, uh, or just as we did last week, I guess. So exciting topic, guys, we want on our teams. We might be talking about some of these rookies that we're going to see drafted here in the next handful of days. Uh, also a lot of veterans, guys that have been around a little bit and, and guys that we want to build around. Before we talk about that, though, guys, we should mention the DLF Champions League. So... So it's it's kind of a unique format, guys. We we get to play the Superflex. We get that tight end premium stuff going on. Ryan and I, we've teamed up to to take on one of these drafts. Matt, I know you have as well. Talk to me a little bit about your experience in the DLF Champions League. Yeah, I teamed up with our buddy John Bosch, and it's been it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I told myself I wasn't really ever going to do another draft based startup again based on one that I had earlier this off season. Uh, but here I am in this one, and I, I will say I've, I've actually really enjoyed this this format uh, with all of the cool scoring that we're going with tight ends, but getting the two points per PP, uh, two points per reception. So uh, great group of guys in the series five North division. So having a lot of fun with it. Yeah, Ryan and I we're in the series five as well, but we're, we 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 sidestepped uh the the dynamic duo of Matt and John we're we're uh we're we're with a good group though lots of good drafters in there there's some good teams being built for sure and Ryan the the thing that you and I talk about a lot is that it's super flex that it's tight end premium and and really a souped up tight end premium at that and the, the there's there's payouts each year and there's an exciting uh, cumulative point system that that pays a big old bonus at the end of a three year uh, a three three year time period. So, um, you know we we've we came in with a strategy and we we got sniped a few times, but we feel like we're we're putting a good team together. We're already we're already in the late teens and rounds. Uh, we're into the two hundreds in picks. Um, we're having a lot of fun with that draft. We are for sure. One one thing I really like about it and. I knew this going in, of course, but there's there's so many pieces of these leagues that you find that might change your strategy. Um, not only the the tight end scoring that you mentioned, the super flex. Obviously, if you're if you don't normally play in those leagues, that will certainly change your draft plan. But then even the the payout after three years. So the way it works is. Uh, the four leagues that are combined to make a series, the team with the most points, and it's not fantasy points, but it's a point system based on success each year, winning titles, scoring the most most fantasy points, winning the regular season, things like that. But the team among the four leagues with the most points gets that $1,000 bonus that you mentioned. And that kind of changes my strategy as well. Normally I would go with that productive struggle, build around youth, uh, be... Uh, be okay with taking my lumps in year one. I don't really want to do that. You can't give up years in this format. Uh, you really have to play to win every single year. And I know that's, uh, Dan, I know that's your strategy anyway and the strategy of a lot of people. Uh, so it, it definitely makes it interesting when 
really everybody is, is trying to go for it uh, this year and every year. I think a lot of the guys, Ryan, that we're drafting with, and, and a couple in particular who have been on you, on your case, you know, they've been predicting your picks and, and calling you out, really, and saying, hey, that's a Myler pick right there. That that certainly isn't a Ryan McDowell one. We Like I said before, we have a lot of fun guys in our group, so we're, we're having a lot of fun. I, I really enjoy the, the give and the take with that because – it really feels like it's silly to join the DLF Champions League if you're not going to go for that big prize after year three. But on the other hand, Ryan, we, we've also talked about it is there's going to be a big prize after year six as well. This is going to continue. It's a dynasty league. So if you did that productive struggle thing, which which I, I guess some of the guys in our league might say we're, we're doing to some extent, we have some rookies, we have a lot of second year players, lots of youth on that roster and guys that are that really haven't performed at the NFL level yet. Um, there's the opportunity to to score that big prize in the second window as well. So if, if you, everybody that's listening, if you're interested in joining us, maybe you'll be stuck in a league with Ryan, Matt, or myself, uh, go to dynastyleaguefootball.com slash safe leagues. You can sign up, uh, join one of these leagues, weekly or excuse me yearly prizes as well as that big bonus that thousand dollar bonus after three years uh come play with us it's a lot of fun they are they are real dynasty leagues they're put together by our guy scott fish over there at safe leagues he handles them and does a great job so if you want a league that is well run with good competition go to dynastyleaguefootball.com slash safe leagues Let's get into this quarantining thing, fellas. And and Matt, we started with you last week because this is this has kind of been your thing. You came up with this idea. It's a really good topic. It gives us an opportunity to talk about a lot of players in in the weeks leading up to the NFL draft. So looking at round one of the most recent DLF ADP, who's the guy that you're 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 trying to quarantine yourself with? Yeah, it's really hard because, you know, all of these guys in the first round we like to some extent. Uh, and I, I think I'm probably cheating a little bit by picking my boy Christian McCaffrey, obviously the 101 right now in, in startup drafts. Um, but he just feels so safe to me. You know, we have all these running backs that have these lifespans, but Christian McCaffrey is a different breed. He's such a good receiver. Uh, and I think even once he's not an elite dynasty asset, he's still going to have some, you know, flex value for us, even when he gets up into his later 20s and early 30s as, as that receiver out of the backfield. So even though he is the 101, it's kind of cheating. I really do think that he is absolutely the safest player in this first round. Yeah, I don't think it's cheating, Matt. I considered Christian McCaffrey as well. As, as you go through that list, and, and there's a really unique mix of players in this. You got those elite running backs with McCaffrey and Barkley. Then it goes on to add Michael Thomas before more running backs like Alvin Kamara, uh, Ezekiel Elliott and Delvin Cook, but then then you get those mid to late, I would say, wide receivers like DeAndre Hopkins and Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hills in there as well, and and you sprinkle in a couple more running backs like Joe Mixon and Nick Chubb before the final uh, the final guy in that first round, another wide receiver, Chris Godwin. So no matter what your flavor is, no matter what you like at the running back or wide receiver position. There, there's something to like at all levels. I, I went with the other running back at the top. I took Saquon Barkley, uh, just because it feels to me like he's, he's not that much different than Christian McCaffrey. He has that elite pass catching upside. He showed that as a rookie, and, and it feels to me 
Like there's a little bit of a discount because of the injury in his first year. He he missed a few games, of course, in in year two, but he showed that elite upside right at the end of the season last season. Um, before before we wound down weeks 15 through 17, he averaged 212 yards per game from scrimmage, five total. Uh, touchdowns in that stretch as well. The ankle injury set him back a little bit, and and maybe there's some dynasty owners out there that that were burned in the middle part of the season. He was hurt early when he finally came back after that three-week absence. He really wasn't himself for a few weeks, and he had to work his way back up just to get to number two in ADP again. So while the injury hurt hurt us as dynasty owners for for a few weeks last year he showed that elite upside once again it feels like it's weird to say but it feels like getting saquon barkley that at number two that that's a value that 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 feels really good so i chose barkley love mccaffrey as well and and honestly love a lot of these other players in the three through 12 range as well ryan who'd you go with as as the guy you're teaming up with in your quarantine I guess I cheated as well because I went with McCaffrey also. And I really think, I think the answer for this has to be one of these two running backs because after that, you, you look at, really for me, I'm, everybody's rankings are a little bit different. For But for me, from number three all the way down to into the second round, there's not a huge difference between those guys. We're talking about Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara and Ezekiel Elliott in the top part of the first round, and then even in the top half of the second round, uh, DJ Moore and George Kittle and Juju and, and Mike Evans and, and other players that, to me, are valued all about the same. So really, this is about where I see uh, a, a tier gap, and it's after these two running backs. And choosing between McCaffrey and Barkley, for me, came down to to Joe Brady, the new offensive coordinator in Carolina. I'm so excited to see what he does with that team, because there are so many weapons already there. We saw him turn Clyde Edwards-Hilaire into uh, into a top five back in this class, certainly. And uh, we'll, we'll find out in the draft this week where he actually gets drafted, but uh, was certainly among the best pass-catching running backs in college this year. So giving him a weapon like McCaffrey is just going to be unfair. So, fellas, let's move on to round two. I was the third one to fill out our agenda. You guys chose your, you, you guys made your selections before I did. So I, I had the benefit of looking at yours and b- before I made my selection. And it was interesting. I, I, I would try to look at the list of 12 players before making my selection, before looking at yours and making my selection. I narrowed round two to two players, two guys that I really want to build my team around in round two. When I looked over at your two names, you you each selected them. Ryan, I went with yours, but Matt, your yours was real close as well. So tell me about Miles Sanders, why he's the guy that you really want to build your team around in round two, according to DLF ADP. Yeah, I went with another another running back, uh, and this has kind of been my strategy in Star Ups this offseason is is grabbing these elite running backs as we 
uh, in these first couple of rounds of the draft because the wide receiver position is just so, feels so flat. Even after you get outside of that elite eight tier or so of that first in that first tier, it still feels like you could just get wide receivers forever. So uh, I love you guys' pick as well, but I went with Miles Sanders. Uh, he was the running back seven over the last uh, seven to seven games of the season, uh, averaging about just about just under eighteen points per game over that course. And I just see more big things for him coming. Uh, the offensive line will continue to get better. They had a rookie last season in there uh, uh, that was highly drafted and is only going to get better. The name eludes me right now. Um, but uh, this is a this is a team that looks ready to go. They're going to draft a wide receiver in the first round. Every either that or everybody that's ever done any mock this offseason is going to be wrong. So they're going to start building this offense up. And I think Sanders is going to be a centerpiece of this offense. Jordan Howard is gone, so there's nobody to steal those touchdowns. I guess you could make an argument that Boston Scott is going to steal some receptions here and there. But I think Miles Sanders really is the guy there. And uh, I think he's one of the most likely guys to kind of make the leap, uh, maybe not to that top tier with McCaffrey and, and Barkley, but into that next tier uh, with, with the rest of those guys. So really love getting Miles Sanders at the end of the second round. And often I think you can get him in, in the third round and in, in, in many startups I've seen happen. So a uh, great pick there at the late second, early third. It's, it's rare that I feel safe speaking for you or, or Ryan, Matt, but it feels like nobody would be surprised here if Miles Sanders a year from now is the guy we're talking about at the end of the first round, a guy that that makes that jump like you talked about. So those are the reasons I you you said it to a T. Those are the reasons I was excited about Miles Sanders, why I uh, thought about choosing him in round two as well. Instead, I pivoted to the other position you just mentioned, wide receiver. I went with the same one as Ryan. Ryan, tell me about DJ Moore, why you think you should build around him in round two. Well, first, I'm obviously, as I said, excited about the Panthers' offense. Uh, After going McCaffrey in the first round, follow up with DJ Moore here in round two. And it was a tough choice. There's, as, as we would hope and expect, there's a lot of strong options to really be cornerstone players in that second round. I talked about Evans earlier. Jonathan Taylor's coming off in that round. Uh, definitely still love Juju Smith-Schuster, and it was it was tough not to pick him. And, and then Sanders and Amari Cooper are other players I considered here. Ultimately went with DJ Moore. I, I just feel like he is uh, – he's that next elite wide receiver one. Uh, look at how he finished last season, uh, similar to, to what Matt was saying with Sanders. Definitely finished on a hot streak. Out of his past uh, – his last eight games last offseason, not counting – not counting the the finale, <clears throat> Sanders, I'm sorry, Moore was a wide receiver one or two in seven of those games, including three with at least 20 fantasy points. So really picked up the pace in the back half of the season. And, and I just expect that to continue. I've seen some concern about Teddy Bridgewater there as their quarterback versus uh, Cam Newton. Well, first of all, we know uh, Moore in that, in that breakout season last year didn't really have Cam Newton. He had Kyle Allen and and uh, and not much else. So, uh, first of all, Bridgewater would be a major upgrade for that. But just the the types of routes that DJ Moore runs, basically short and intermediate routes, that's perfect for Bridgewater. Uh, those two are go- going to be an, a great match. 
Yeah, I liked more for a lot of the same reasons. I'm excited about his upside in that new offense that you spoke of when you were talking about McCaffrey, and as well as with the new quarterback under center. Uh, just the rise that we saw at the second half of last season, all the things we were excited about when he was drafted by Carolina, he he really showed those things in spades uh, towards the end of, of 2019. So, you know, I'm not surprised he moved all the way up to 14 in our ADP over the last handful of months. 23-year-old receiver, uh, number one guy in the offense, or at least number one pass catcher or number one wideout in that offense. And, and all the defensive attention is going to go to Christian McCaffrey. So lots of opportunity for DJ Moore to even take the next step beyond what he did in 2019. Let's go to round three, guys. You guys shared a brain in round three. I like your selection for sure. Ryan, we'll kick off with you. DK Metcalf is your selection in round three. Tell me about why you're building around him moving forward. Yeah, Matt talked about on on the last one with Sanders that that pick really kind of reflected his <clears throat> his strategy in startups lately, and that's kind of what I did this week as well. A little little bit different than last week, where I was really thinking about uh, just that group of twelve players at a time. This time, I think some of my picks impacted others as as I went down the line, but. Uh, I, I think that modified zero running back is is where I'm at right now. Taking the running back early if you can, that that works with Christian McCaffrey obviously in the first round, and then just hammering those those young wide receivers, loading up with as many as you can, and certainly DK Metcalf fits that. Uh, a couple other players in this round that would have uh, would have fit that situation as well: Cortland Sutton, AJ Brown. I had cheated with uh, with top two players in each round. Earlier, so I, I went a little deeper. Metcalf is 35 overall, so the 3.11. Love what he did in that Seattle offense last year. We we know they want to be run-based, but I, I'm just really hoping they they let Russ go this year and, and really show off uh, because I think DK Metcalf can turn into a wide receiver one, not only for Russell Wilson, but uh, in fantasy football as well. Ryan, what you just mentioned there with Russell Wilson, that's the reason that I that I avoided DK Metcalf as my selection. It it just seems that that offense, it's run first. It's run heavy. They want they want to break out Russell Wilson when they need him. They wait until they're down the two touchdowns in the playoffs against the Packers before they let Russell Wilson be Russell Wilson. They it's just a run first team and while I love DK Metcalf and his upside and, and really agree with you that that there's wide receiver one upside even in that offense because he's so dynamic, he's so big and fast, and all the things that we look for, there's enough small red flags that make me pivot to another position. Before I get to my selection, though, Matt, you went with DK as well. Anything to add there? Yeah, Ryan Ryan covered most of it, uh, and honestly, I'm a little bit shocked, and I think some listeners are going to be shocked that, that neither of you chose A.J. Brown here. For me, these guys are obviously in that same kind of kind of, kind of tier. I actually have D.K. above, but, but for that reason that Ryan mentioned, I just think that he has the quarterback, and I think that that's, that's the tiebreaker between he and A.J. Brown for me. So uh, that's the primary reason why I took uh, D.K. over A.J. Brown. Um, and I like your choice too. There's a lot of good receivers here. So I think, I think a really great strategy in startups this year is to grab two 
really strong running backs in those first two rounds. And then you get to round three, and then you have these guys like there that are ready to be dynasty wide receiver ones for you. So no reason to take those guys in the first couple of rounds. Totally agree. And and I wanted to take AJ Brown, took the moved down the board just a little bit, just like Ryan mentioned. Didn't want to take a top two or three guy every single round. So I went with Cortland Sutton, 32 overall. So so a mid to late third round selection. Got into that wide receiver one type conversation a year ago, 72 catches, 1,112 yards, and six touchdowns. Of course, there's all the rumors going around Denver right now that this week they'll they'll select that next wide receiver, that guy to pair with Cortland Sutton, whether that be a first, a second, or even maybe a third round pick. It seems like they're gonna they're gonna spend a day one or at least day two selection on another wide receiver that doesn't scare me at all guys and and you know I he needs another wide receiver on the other side to take a little attention away that's going to help him the quarterback situation is the one that that's a little bit concerning when it comes to Sutton and his upside although I've I've been critical of the young quarterback in in Denver they're they're obviously even the most critical the 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 guy that 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 really has a lot of hate for what's going on in that offense has to realize that late in the season he he was the he was the one hooking up with Cortland Sutton he was the one pushing the ball down the field to Sutton so so that upside is all there I, I I'm excited about his upside I I hope if they're going to bring in another high high draft pick another guy to play on the outside across from Cortland Sutton. I hope it's one of those speed guys, those guys that can get downfield, let Cortland Sutton work in the short to intermediate uh, and and be that red zone threat as well. If that happens, it's going to be nothing but good things for Cortland Sutton moving forward. Let's move on to round four. I'm going to kick this one off, guys, because I made the best selection, obviously. I went with my guy, Calvin Ridley, uh, another wide receiver that continues to take steps forward. I've, I've talked so much about Ridley. I don't have to go into too much depth. Still only 25 years old in a in a high-end offense, a pass-first offense that's uh, got a, a alpha wide receiver on the other side with Julio Jones. All the good things about Kelvin Ridley. Like you said, Matt, build around the running backs early. Come back with a couple of wide receivers in round three and four. If you get a guy like Sutton, A.J. Brown, or D.K. Metcalf, come back with Kelvin Ridley as your wide receiver too. It feels like a really good start. Ryan, you went with wide receiver as well. Yeah, again, just kind of following that draft plan of modified zero running back with the running back early, the one running back early, and then a focus on young wideouts. We talked about this last week, guys. This fourth round is is stacked. It was it was tough last week to pick a player we didn't want in this round, and it was tough this week to narrow it down to just one. Ultimately, I went with C.D. Lamb. Had had to sneak a rookie or two in here, and we know he's we know Lamb is going to be a first round pick. Uh, we'll we'll find out if the landing spot matches the good draft capital, but it, it's just hard to see this guy failing. Uh, Jerry Judy, Calvin Ridley, Mark Andrews, Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, all of those guys in round four. Uh, Kyler Murray as well. I really want all of them. Yeah, me too. You didn't even mention Debo Samuel. Come on, don't. 
Don't just gloss right over Debo Samuel. He belongs as well. How about Allen Robinson? Oh my gosh, it goes yeah. goes on and on. And and how about your guy, Matt? Pretty kind of like Ridley with me. Pretty obvious pick for you. Ridley. Yeah. Again, like you said, this is this is again why you do, you draft your running backs early this year. These these wide receivers just keep coming in this three, four, five, six rounds. You know, even deeper than that, obviously. But here, I I had to take Cooper Cup. Uh, he you know started off last season the way he finished. Uh, finished, you know, the healthy part of his career of the season in 2018, and just had a monstrous, you know, first five six games of the season, uh, and even in all the way to week eight, I think was his uh, 220 yard game. So this is somebody who has, you know, fringe wide receiver one potential in any any given week. And you know, they started going away away from him later in the season once they started uh, having this two tight end offense with 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 Ever, and then Higby came on late, of course. We know the struggles Jared Goff had towards the end of the season, in the middle of the season. In fact, they had three. Uh, zero touchdown passing games and those all co- coincided with with poor games from cup as well in week 10 uh, in week 10 cup had four targets zero catches in week in week uh, 11 had three targets three catches so you know I, I really do think that cup is still the uh, the, the key to unlocking Jared Goff. That's what I thought when they drafted the guy, and I still think that's the case. So hopefully they end up going back to him. Now Cooks is gone. Robert Woods does profile more as the quote-unquote wide receiver one there, and he is certainly a very good wide receiver as well. But I really think Cup is the key to this offense, and I, I'm hoping they get back to that in 2020. Yeah, it, like you said, Ryan, so many good players in round four. Not necessarily the case in round five. There's definitely a fall off. If if you like Terry McLaurin, he's in there. Some Devin Singletary love out there. He he fits the bill, I guess, if you like him. Tyler Boyd's in there as well. Tyler Lockett. There's there's a couple more guys. Matt, I gotta know yours because Evan Ingram is in this conversation. He's the final pick of round five, but you didn't go with him. I, I didn't. I, I definitely thought about it for sure, but I went with Someone I, I love, and we like Ryan said, we've got to get rookies in here. I, I love the receiving backs, so Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in the fifth. I, I heard on the blueprint this week, uh, uh, or was it last week, Ryan, with Ray talking about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire that that high in a startup draft, but. I don't have a problem with it. You know, we've we've had some smart people. I think even Graham Barfield also said on your show that he's the best route runner since Christian McCaffrey. This is a player that is going to have a high floor and he's going to have a high ceiling because of that receiving ability. If he finds himself in a, in a as a lead back, uh, he's going to have that upside. And even if he doesn't, if he finds himself in a complimentary role, he's going to have that floor. So a very safe pick, I think, here at running back in the fifth round. But I, I like your guys' selection as well. Yeah, I like Edward Hilaire. Certainly thought about making that selection and and love what you said about Young too. Yeah. Young running back, guy with guy with ultimate upside and could be moving up. We won't be talking about him in round five if he gets one of those ultimately great landing spots, those few spots around the league that really need that guy to feature. If that happens this week, Clyde Edwards Hilaire won't be your selection in round five. He'll be in he'll be in round three or maybe round three or even four. Ryan, let's go to you. You and I shared a brain once again on this one. You went back to the wide receiver position. I did. Went with Michael Gallup. Really had a a strong year last year. I think it was kind of, I don't think people realized how, just how consistent he was as a fantasy asset last year. Obviously still, still young. Randall Cobb gone. uh, So that's, and Jason Witten gone as well. So a couple players that were soaking up uh, those third and fourth option targets, we could see Gallup uh, take on even a larger role for the Cowboys. But going back to your other point, 
this fifth round overall is is rough. I like Gallup. I like Matt's pick of Edwards Hilaire. But there's a lot of players I simply would not want in this range. So if you're missing on, if you have only one or two targets and you're, you miss out on them, now you're in trouble. So this is definitely where I would either be trying to move up or down, hopefully move up to that fourth round and uh, get a couple of those guys that we like so much. But the fifth and sixth round, this is just uh, really making me realize how how ugly it is in that range. Yeah, Ryan, we we missed out on Gallup in that in that draft we were talking about the DLF Championship Series. That's a super flex, so everybody gets pushed down just a little bit, and and we waited a little bit too long. It's one of the mistakes we made. Just missed out on him by a couple of picks. Uh, that's one of the things I'm looking back on and thinking, man, if we could have got our hands on Gallup, that would have built that position even more. Of course, the tight end premium made us go that way uh, instead of Gallup. Let's move on to round five. Or actually, before that was round five, let's move on to round six. Before we do that, though, we should talk about the the good people over there at DynastyOwner.com. Listen, all of you. Do you, do you think you're smarter than all these NFL GMs that are about to make draft picks on, on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday? Do you think you're the best, better than all of us at fantasy football? Well, here is your chance to prove it. Dynasty Owner is the only patented fantasy sports game using actual NFL salaries and contracts. You manage your team from all levels, owner to general manager to coach. Dynasty Owner is for the smart, elite fantasy football player there is no off season over at dynastyowner.com the rookie draft matters free agency matters every contract matters come do a startup draft in 2020 using actual nfl player salaries and contracts then improve your team each year with a three-round rookie draft and by trading players and draft picks win weekly prizes seasonal prizes and compete in the chase for the ring The mobile app is in development and is going to be ready to download on iOS and Android in time for rookie drafts this May. Mock drafts are open now on desktop and mobile browsers. To learn more and mock draft for free, go to www.dynastyowner.com. That's www.dynastyowner.com. Let's move into round six, guys. Lots of good players that we've talked about to this point. But not that many, once again, in round six. We we spread out a little bit. Three different picks. We all went with the wide receiver position. Matt, yours is really intriguing because I know for a fact that this week you traded this guy away. I did, Dan. I did. I, you, and you also know how difficult it was for me and how, how much I did not I did not want to right. give you Marquise Brown, my pick here in the sixth round. Yeah, I just I, – I really love the talent. I love that he has – you know, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I think he's going to take off in his second season. Uh, you know, the Ravens are almost certainly going to bring in another player there uh, in, in the draft. And, you know, he might he might be better as a wide receiver, too, honestly, if they bring in a bigger guy that profiles more as an NFL wide receiver one. Uh, so I'm excited to see what this talent this, this kid has. You know, he was the first wide receiver selected in, in the 2019 draft. Uh, obviously was not that uh, in, in, in dynasty drafts, fell, fell to the mid, late, sometimes early second around in, in, in dynasty 
rookie drafts, but I think he's going to take off. He had a huge first few weeks, had a nice first half of the season, and just kind of disappeared in the second half of the season, uh, which sometimes happens with these rookies. And of course, you know, you have to worry about the run, the the run-based attack there in Baltimore, but uh, we've seen that Lamar Jackson can throw the ball, and he can throw deep, and Marquise Brown is going to be the guy that's going to catch it deep. So uh, I I, I think you could make an argument. I think some people have that he's a little bit overpriced, but I think this is a fair price to pay for him. You know, he's going alongside some of these, alongside of some of these other rookies, uh, not quite those top two that you guys are going to talk about. Um, but he's going alongside some of these other guys that have, I think, less upside than than he does. And in the sixth round, if I'm looking at a wide receiver, probably looking at my wide receiver two or three there, I'm looking for for that home run hit uh, here in the sixth round. I think Marquise Brown can be that. Yeah, home run hit. You said it there, Matt. Weak winning type upside. The, the, the guy that can not only get over the top once, but maybe twice or three times make big plays, and he showed that in his rookie year. I really like the pick there, Marquise Brown, a guy that could be moving up ADP over the next handful of months. Ryan, you and I went the rookie route, though. I went with Henry Ruggs. He was the final pick in the sixth round. I I. I have him just over Justin Jefferson in my rookie rankings right now. And and for those of you that listened to last week's pod, we did a mock at the end of the pod where, where Jefferson ended up in Green Bay. That was an ideal landing spot. He jumped up a, a couple of spots and and I moved him up in my rankings based on that landing spot. So So I love that upside of Justin Jefferson, but Henry Ruggs based on just – just raw skill. He has a lot of that Marquise Brown, uh, the, the, those skills, the, the raw speed ability to get deep. If he lands with the quarterback that can, that can get it over the top and, and be accurate downfield, uh, those rainbow passes. A lot of what we like about Marquise Brown can be said about Henry Ruggs. So I'm excited about his upside right now, landing at the end of round six, Feels like the right right spot, and Henry Ruggs, Ryan, was a guy we targeted in our draft. Probably a little more because of me than you, but you went with another rookie rookie wide receiver. Tell me about Justin Jefferson and why you're wanting to build around him. Yeah, I, I don't know that I do. Honestly, this is kind of a last resort pick here. I, I, I am coming around on Henry Ruggs, but I didn't want to steal your guy there. And just, again, looking at this sixth round, Guys like Marlon Mack and Adam Thielen and Christian Kirk, those are those are players who seem to be losing value, and and this is still early enough in the draft that I want to pick. Uh, I, w- I want to pick players that are going to increase their value, and I think Justin Jefferson has that certainly has that chance, especially if he does land in a good spot like Green Bay, as you mentioned. So, really, this is just not not a player I would specifically target in this range. It was just kind of the the best option of uh, of the 12 players here. Some of the other options in round six at the wide receiver position included Adam Thielen and Robert Woods. Guys guys with with certainly certainly a high floor, guys that have have performed in the league. Other guys like Will Fuller who has some upside but injury concerns. And then Christian Kirk also falls in round six, a guy that has been in the news recently, but you know, because maybe he's a, he's a trade piece going into the draft. But when it, when it comes down to it, it seems like these are the three guys that if you're going to target 
the wide receiver position and you're looking for upside, Ruggs, Jefferson, and Brown are the guys. If if you want that consistency, that guy that can come in year one and put up numbers, maybe Thielen and Woods are your selection. So, so mixed bag in round six. Round seven brings a lot of the same, Matt. Who'd we go with in round seven as a guy to to quarantine yourself with? Yeah, I had to get in on some more rookies here the next the next few picks, and I went with Jalen Rager here from TCU. Uh, just uh, the Eagles are a devoid of playmakers, and we've seen some talk in the last couple of days that maybe they're considering him at round one, despite the all the mocks having Jefferson and sometimes Mins going there. If if Rager goes to the Eagles, I think he's automatically the best maybe outside of Miles Sanders, automatically the best playmaker that team has. You know, uh, in space, he's like a running back. He's such a fluid, explosive athlete. So very excited to see if he can get into that first round range, get that draft capital behind him uh, this this coming weekend. So I took took Jalen Rager here in the seventh round. I like that pick, Matt. Ryan, I know you like Jalen Rager as well. Interesting. You didn't, you didn't go with Rager, didn't even go with that position. You went another direction. I did. I, I, I do like the Rager pick. And uh, if I hadn't loaded up on so many wide receivers already, definitely could see myself going that way. Uh, ultimately, I went with Noah Fant. This is uh, this is the range of a draft that I would start looking at those, those onesie positions, tight end uh, and quarterback as well. And just, again, love the upside Fant showed last year. A couple of huge games as... Uh, as a tight end one in two games, a tight end two in uh, in seven other games, which may not may not sound great. I mean, tight end twos are, are pretty easy to find in general, but for a rookie in in that new offense and with some terrible quarterback play much of the season, I'm pretty impressed with the the rookie year we got from Noah Fant. Yeah, I was as well. Because you went with Fant, I pivoted over to TJ Hawkinson, who, according to our ADP, was one spot higher. A lot of the same things that you just said about Fant could be said about Hawkinson. Of course, we saw that elite upside early in the season in week one where he exploded onto the scene with, with that big game for the Lions. Uh, kind of tapered off from there, but but showed showed bursts from time to time that that elite upside that we're all excited about Hawkinson was my selection but it couldn't agree more Fant has the same kind of upside and Rager uh although a little bit more raw you know a year younger a rookie this year good selection as well let's move on to to round eight fellas I'm gonna kick this one off I had Darius Slayton and Slayton has been on my mind a lot recently uh, with this uh, rookie draft, or excuse me, startup draft that that we're all doing. Slayton was a guy I was picking up, thinking about in those mid rounds. Those the, that guy that I want to add to my wide receiver core. Uh, I'm a salary cap guy as well. He was a free agent in one of my leagues. Of course, he wasn't really highly coveted a year ago, so he only got a one year contract in one of those salary cap leagues. He was a free agent. I targeted him there. Uh, Ryan, you're. Your kitchen sink leagues. We're we're doing all those uh, restricted free agent auctions because he wasn't that big time rookie a year ago. He only got one year contract, so he's been available in all these. The moral of the story is I've been thinking about Darius Slayton a lot lately. 
kind of considering him alongside all these other wide receivers. And, and when you move down to round eight, a lot of the other guys we're talking about right here, he stands out. He's a guy that, that you want to build around. He's the guy that you can slide into that wide receiver three, maybe even that flex or wide receiver four slot and feel really good about him because he has that strong rookie season that he just posted. Plus that, that real high upside as potentially the wide receiver one in that New York Giants offense with a young up and coming quarterback. Of course, the elite running back already in place as well. So I went with Slayton, guys. You each took took high upside players as well. Ryan, why don't we start with you? Yeah, I went with Daryl Henderson here, and I just kind of felt like I had to because I'm doing two startup drafts right now. I ended up selecting him in both of those, so had to had to go with my guy. We'll we'll see how this week treats him. Obviously, he's gained some value over the past few weeks with the release of Todd Gurley, and I think everybody probably uh, expects the Rams to add a running back, and we'll just see what that investment level is. The good news for Henderson is. We know they we know they spent on him last year. We uh, they even traded up to get him, and and the hype certainly got out of control with him uh, heading into the 2019 season. And, and he really did very little on the field to to answer that. But I think the good news with Henderson is even if the Rams do add a running back, uh, even potentially a day two running back, I think Henderson is going to have a role in in a committee at the very least. Um, so in this range, I, I don't mind spending a pick on Henderson, even if I knew the Rams were adding a adding a running back this weekend. Matt, how about you? Who'd you target in week eight? Week eight, maybe Mims will be good in week eight. If it comes to fruition, if, if he blows up in week eight, it's all me. <laughs> yeah, a little ways to go for week eight, but I do hope uh, he's playing for the Packers at week eight. Dan, this is my 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 desire okay. for All the right. Packers in round one has come away. I I feel really feel like they're going to try to bolster the linebacker crew, but I really hope they don't. I hope they spend a round one receiver, spend a first round pick, the thirtieth pick overall on a receiver, and I do hope it's Denzel Mims. I just I love his he's, he's such a just a glider out there. He chews, just chunks up yardage out there. Um, an above the rim player, somebody that they certainly do have in Adams, but he needs some help out there. It's clear. The last time they spent a high pick on a receiver it, it was Devonte adams and we haven't we haven't given him anything since then basically so uh, he's currently my wide receiver three in this class and in the seventh round here i i, I think he is uh, really i don't know if I, I will call him a steal you know it's going to be on a lot on landing spot i think and how someone's going to use him but he is my favorite wide receiver to watch in this class i love the way he he can he, he has the size and he can uh able to stack defenders up on those vertical routes and then if, if he can't beat him with the speed then he can beat him above the rim so loving denzel Mims here in the seventh round yeah, I like that one, Matt. It's interesting. You mentioned you're worried that they might go linebacker. Goody doesn't like <laughs> He doesn't value the linebacker position. He's going wide receiver. And plus, if he went linebacker, he'd disappoint just about everybody that does mock drafts in the months leading up to the draft. So I, I think you're safe to say they got to go wide receiver. They ignored it too much. But this isn't a Packers podcast. This is a dynasty <laughs> podcast. And so so let's pick on your picks a little bit, Matt. 
you went J- Jalen Rager in round seven, then Denzel Mims in round eight. So, so you're loading up on these young upside wide receivers, those guys that we're expecting to pick late in the first, early in the second of rookie drafts. Are you going to triple down? I absolutely am, Dan. I mean, I love C.D. Lamb and I love Jerry Judy, but I just don't think at this point I can take e- any of either of them over any of the running backs in this class. Even Clyde Edwards-Hilario, I know, is going after those two. So since I can't get those two, uh, I like these next. These next guys, you know, not not quite as much as CeeDee Lamb and Jerry Judy, but I like them an awful lot. And then the next guy here in round nine for me is going to be LaVisca Chenault. Uh, it sounds like he's healthy. Uh, you know, again, another guy who's basically a running back with the ball in his hands. Uh, and I just love the upside that he's going to present for some team. And another guy that could slip into round one and, and have that draft capital behind him as well. So LaVisca Chenault for me here in round nine. Yeah, another guy maybe the Packers yeah, absolutely. could consider – that wouldn't be too bad. I went with a wide receiver as well. And guys, it's it's a travesty. Miko Hardman in round nine, that's ridiculous. Another guy I recently acquired from a guy, Matt Price, <laughs> in a trade. Uh Miko Hardman, he elite quarterback, check. Elite offense, check. History of a coaching staff using speed receivers the way dynasty owners want them to be used. Check it. The, he checks all the boxes. He's Tyreek Hill 2.0. And and while a lot of dynasty owners and maybe football fans in general might think to themselves, well, why do we want the same guy on the field? It's because it doesn't matter. In Kansas City, they're going to push the ball down the field. I want as many pieces of that. And if I can get one of those pieces for cheap, really, really cheap. Round nine, that's just fine with me. Give me Miko Hardman on every single dynasty team that I own. Ryan, you went back to the tight end position for the second time. I did. I actually thought you might choose this player as well. That's not why I chose him, though. I I went with Dallas Goddard. Good choice. I like it. Yeah. 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 I mean, I just, I I love, obviously love the talent, but also love the production. And I think a lot of people are still too worried about Zach Ertz. We just saw, we saw Goddard just flat out produce almost every week last season. In fact, from, from week six on, uh, from week six to week 16, again, we're, we're ignoring week 17. He had eight tight end one games and for the, that's what he also had for the season. Only six tight ends had more tight end one games than, uh, than Goddard last year, uh, including his teammate, Zach Ertz, but Ertz only had one more. Ertz had nine. Goddard had eight, and uh, and their season-long production ended up in that same range as well. So not not that I'm not worried about Zach Ertz. It's, it's not – we don't need him to be traded. We don't need a Zach Ertz injury. Both of these guys can produce. We know the Eagles are short on wide receivers. That was part of what led to Goddard's production last year. But they're still going to be short. They're going to, they're going to draft a, probably a first-round receiver, like Matt said, and uh, hopefully they add even more than that. But uh, even with that, Goddard is still going to be uh, the second or third option in this uh, Eagles offense. Yeah, and they're used to moving these two wide, these two tight ends around the formation. We see these guys in the slot. We see these guys flexed out just a little bit. And, and those are the types of tight ends we want to build around. And to get Dallas Goddard that late, we're talking about the, the, the range where we're – 
you're a late tight end one right now in round nine and, and beyond. Those are that's a nice investment right there. I considered Goddard as well before realizing that Hardman was the obvious choice that you guys overlooked. Uh, let's move on to round ten, our final round of this exercise, guys. Ryan, Matt, and I went with the same guy, so you might as well kick off round ten. I can do that. I went with another young receiver, as as I have with a lot of these picks. Uh, Preston Williams really just saw a, a breakout year coming from him until that ACL injury uh, finished off. His his last game actually was his lone game as a wide receiver one, scored over 24 fantasy points in that game uh, before he suffered that torn ACL. Uh, but just just really excited about him. Uh, I do think the Dolphins could add some wide receivers, but pairing Williams with Devontae Parker uh, is is a strong duo. And and it was actually Williams outproducing Parker uh, bef- up until that injury. Yeah, I like Preston Williams as well. Uh, nice selection here, and and like him for a lot of the the reasons you mentioned. I wonder, had he played the whole season, would he be up with some of those other wide receivers that we talked about if he if he had the opportunity to play all 16 games without that injury? He might be might be a sixth round pick, might be a seventh round pick, a guy that we're we're really expecting to be in our starting lineups week in and week out. Right now, it feels like a lot of dynasty owners when it comes to Preston Williams are are thinking He's a nice bench piece, a nice guy to fill in uh, when when you have injury concerns or bye weeks. Uh, he might surprise in year two. Matt, you and I shared a brain in round 10. We went with the tight end route. Tell me about Irv Smith, why you picked it. An- another player I sent to you, Dan, I think, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, did, I take just it all the guys you like. I, I How do know. I do that? You tempt me with Tyree Kill and Devontae Adams, and I just can't handle it. I just have to go have to go for it. You know? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> but, yeah, I took Irv Smith Jr. Uh, loved the player coming out, obviously. And much like with Dallas Goddard, you know, he has somebody in front of him, Kyle Rudolph. I'm not, I'm not worried about him. And and he's maybe not quite the talent that Dallas Goddard is, or certainly not from a production standpoint yet. But I think he can get there, a very young player. And we have to remember that the the, the Vikings shipped off Stephon Diggs. So there's going to be some more targets to go around. I think Irv Smith is going to get some of those. The the Vikings do have two first round picks, so you have to assume they're they're gonna get a receiver, if not in the first round, you know, some somewhere earlier in the draft because they, they don't really have anybody behind uh, Thielen, to be honest, right now I looked up their their depth chart. You know, remember Tajay Sharp? He's 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 there. Ola BC Johnson, uh, Chad Beebe. You know, these guys are not inspiring any confidence. So even if they do pick a first round receiver, I think there's going to be plenty of targets to go around for the tight end position. Um, and and you know, I think Irv Smith had maybe not eclipse Kyle Rudolph this year in terms of his his starting role. But, you know, if they go to the, a lot of these two tight end sets, then I think Irv Smith is going to be out of those two, the receiving option of those two tight ends. So very excited to see what Irv Smith Jr. does. And if I can get him as a, as a tight end two or, you know, if I'm really punting the tight end position, I'd get him as my tight end one in, in round 10 and then maybe take a, a, a boring veteran later like a, a Greg Olson or a Jack Doyle or something tied me over for a year or two while while Irv Smith is really developing, then and I like that quite a bit. There are so many things to like about Irv Smith Jr., including that he can stretch. He's got enough speed to stretch the seam, get downfield, create those big plays for dynasty owners. He's he's really too fast for linebackers and, and too physical for defensive backs. And he showed some of that in his rookie season. He also has the ability to go above the rim and go get it. 
you know, something that we we value at the tight end position, guy that can catch the ball in the red zone. Again, he showed some of that stuff in year one. What what maybe is best about Irv Smith as a rookie, he he showed flashes. He showed some of that upside. He he was able to do a lot of the things I just talked about, but he did it without posting huge numbers. So 36 catches, 311 yards, two touchdowns. That that's pretty nice for a for a rookie tight end. Those are the kind of numbers that, that you want to build on and build around. That kept the price down. He's he's a 10th round startup pick. That is that's affordable. Somebody that you should target in trade talks, certainly somebody that you should target in round 10 of your startup or startup draft. Matt, you painted a perfect picture. Wait on tight end, pick Irv Smith, get one of them veterans to tide you over in case Irv still plays behind the veteran in Minnesota in, uh, in, in year two. The only thing I don't like about Irv Smith Jr., He's a Viking, and it yeah, hurts gross, me right? like a Viking. Uh, it's gross, but but I love me some Irv Smith Jr. on my dynasty rosters. Guys, we're only a few days away from the NFL draft. That means we're only a week, uh, 10 days, maybe a little longer for some, away from rookie drafts kicking off. Before we get out of here, we got a couple minutes. Tell me about the rookie you are most excited about about seeing that landing spot, learning that destination, Matt. Who's the guy in this rookie class that you can't wait to hear his name called? I think it's Cam Akers for me. Uh, he is my favorite running back to watch in this class. And, uh, you know, I, I think he, like I said, I think last week he offers 80, 85% of what uh, Taylor has as a, from a, from a, you know, physical standpoint from between the tackles runner, but then he offers that that great receiving ability as well. So extremely excited to see if he can land in one of these choice for landing spots. Nice. Ryan, who's your guy? I think Akers makes a lot of sense. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire kind of in that same same vein. Could could either of those guys potentially jump the, the big three running backs or any of the big three running backs? I think that will, that will be a storyline for dynasty players. And then just looking at, uh, according to our ADP, looking at some of these second-round receivers, there's a lot of them that I am intrigued by and – uh, I think a, a good landing spot or, or some su- surprising draft capital could boost them into first round contention. contention. Of course, LaVisca Chenault right at the 2.01 would be included in that. But Brandon Ayuk and Brian Edwards are, are middle second rounders right now. I could certainly see them climbing. And Michael Pittman, Antonio Gibson, KJ Hamler, all are late second rounders and all seem like a major value. So I think all three of those guys move up. But if they do, who moves down? Uh, It's going to be a fun rookie draft. Yeah, it's going to be hard to identify that guy that moves down to help out the guy that got the the big draft capital. You mentioned a lot of the names that I'm excited about. I I was going to say the same thing. Lots of these wide receivers that we expect to go late in the first round of rookie drafts, early to mid-second round of rookie drafts. They're, They're all kind of in a clump. And somebody's going to identify themselves. Somebody's going to move up based on that draft capital, based on that landing spot. Somebody's going to move down the guy I'm watching. There's a really good possibility that Henry Ruggs is the first wide receiver taken. And we saw it, Matt, you mentioned it earlier. We saw it last year with Marquise Brown. That didn't really affect his his rookie draft capital. What what he was worth in these rookie dynasty rookie drafts. Could it happen with Ruggs? Are people going to learn from Brown? I'm a big Ruggs supporter. Certainly, uh, certainly feel like he has elite upside. A guy that that I'm trying to acquire in all my Devi leagues right now. It's it's hard coming 
coming by those guys right now, though. Lots of these wide receivers are going to move up and down based on where they go this coming week in the NFL draft. We're going to talk all about it next week, fellas. We're gonna. It's going to be an NFL draft show, really. We're going to talk everything that happens in the NFL draft, where guys land, how they should be valued in rookie drafts and then we're going to do a mock draft fellas we're going to we're going to mock these all out based on uh based on where they actually land instead of instead of basing it on a mock so the next week's going to be a lot of fun be sure to join us on the dlf dynasty podcast i appreciate everybody listening to this edition of the dlf dynasty podcast from my guys ryan mcdowell and matt price i'm dan myler thanks for listening we'll catch you again next week